All right, friends, welcome to another episode of White Collar Crimes. We show you the only color that truly matters in our criminal justice system is green. I'm Ryan Horn, your host. Great to have you aboard. Um, if you're here in the Midwest, you might be snowed and iced in like we are here. Uh, parts of central Illinois, as saw, have some places gotten up and around a foot. You know, we're, I think, in the southern part, about six to eight inches here. Some ice we've had before that, so been pretty rough, which weather can be this kind of time of year, and good time to stay in and just, you know, watch TV, sports, whatever, and speaking of sports, we have done some recent episodes on uh, some sporting events, and I mean some scandals in sports, I should say. We've covered the NCAA uh, before, some of the scandals that they've had involved in with themselves, and we've done one recently on the White Collar Criminal compulsive gambler Arch Schleister, former Indianapolis and Baltimore Colts quarterback. Sports has certainly not had, you know, never has really shied away from controversy. Sports of all kinds have had their share of them, and the NFL is no different. In fact, we've got some, you know, if you follow the news any of the last few days, we've got some new scandals that have come up in in the NFL, some alleged racism in the hiring practices, and also, uh, you know, this Brian Flores, the former Miami Dolphins coach that's filed one of these lawsuits here, he's alleging that he was offered money by the ownership to tank games, quote-unquote, to help them get better draft picks. Well, interesting to see how that plays out. If that materializes and there is any truth or weight to that, uh, you know, could be could be a whole other new scandal for the NFL. And I saw where... Former Browns head coach, Cleveland Browns head coach, Hugh Jackson, said he was paid to lose games, which must have been paid a hell of a lot because he lost a lot of games while he was in. So I don't know, but uh, I guess we shall see how this plays out if, you know, if there is any racism in their hiring practices and if there is indeed, you know, these coaches that have been paid to, quote, tank games could be a whole other area of scandal. But, you know, Football, like a lot of sports, can be dangerous to your health. Um, you know, most of us have participated in sports at one time or other and probably had some kind of energy in injury one way or another. And football, like a lot of sports, it can be dangerous to your health. And we are just now seeing the damage that it can do. You know, we know through years, you know, boxing, especially years before football, was seen as very dangerous, you know, with possible brain damage and things that uh, players or fighters would suffer. You know, we certainly know with Muhammad Ali and some of the other ones had the shape a lot that he was in and a lot of others are later on years after they are no longer fighting. And it's curious to see now, you know, how this is going, the trend's going to go with football. The longer these guys go past retirement, how much worse they are going to get. And we're just now seeing the damage that football can do with brain damage from the concussions that many of these players do suffer. But, you know, the real question is, how long did the NFL really know these dangers? Well, fortunately, we'll never really know that because the settlement that was filed against them years ago by several uh, ex-players and their families and and whatnot, uh, part of the settlement, which we'll talk about in a little bit, they don't have to disclose when they actually knew their players were being placed in harm's way and at risk. And this was really brought to the forefront some years back 
by Dr. Bennett Amalu. He was a doctor in Pittsburgh, and he discovered a trend among some recently deceased NFL players. Now, if you want to know more on his story, there was a really good movie made about that. Will Smith played him, and I think it's called Concussion. A really good movie, and it was out just a few years back. Kind of really tells his story. You know, I don't know how accurate. I'm sure, just like all these movies, there's creative liberties they take and things that actually did not happen. But nonetheless, um, it is an interesting thing to check out. Interesting movie. Kind of get a real good story on it. But he noticed a lot of things. In particular, he became curious when he performed an autopsy on the Pittsburgh Steelers Hall of Fame center, Mike Webster. He was only about 50 at this time, physically healthy man, and he died of a heart attack. Well, Dr. Bennett examined his brain, his brain tissue, And he discovered his brain was in a very deteriorated state, much like somebody much older that had Alzheimer's or dementia. And Mike Webster, and they portray this in the movie, you know, and he was Terry Bradshaw, the, you know, his center all those years when they won four Super Bowls in the 1970s. And, you know, very big man on campus in Pittsburgh, very beloved uh, figure. But it's kind of sad to see how things got for him. You know, he spent the last few years of his life oftentimes living in his truck, shocking himself with stun guns so he could sleep. He wandered around, constantly disappeared. Sometimes his family wouldn't know where he was at. You know, they said sometimes for days or even weeks at a time, he would just disappear and then, you know, turn up and show up later. And doctors believe that his brain suffered possibly the shock of about... 25,000 car crashes when over a 25-year career of his when you're talking about high school, college, and NFL. Now, and that's the case with, you know, a lot of these ex-players. We talked about that some. Arch Schleister's uh, attorney pointed that out, that he suffers from the same thing, from years of, you know, wax to the head in high school, college, and during his, you know, although brief pro career. And he's you know, allege that that had possibly something to do with his, you know, very compulsive gambling. Uh, Who knows? But this continued with uh, several other players. Uh, Terry Long, also a former Pittsburgh Steeler. Andre Waters, Dave Durison, Junior Seau. I can remember all these guys. In fact, I think I might have seen Junior Seau play in a game in Indianapolis in the early 90s when he was at the time with what was then the San Diego Chargers. Uh, Andre Waters was an ex-Philadelphia Eagle. Dave Durison played with the Bears. These guys were all, you know, healthy, fairly young men. And what they all had in common is they all died of suicides. And, you know, that was just uh, not coincidental. And that certainly piqued a lot of people's interest, how these guys that were otherwise, you know, still fairly young and healthy because, you know, most guys retire from football very young age it's not a career you know you can have a really long you know we saw this this week Tom Brady retired getting ready to turn 45 and that's pretty much unheard of in football you just don't see people at that age playing and performing at that level but you know nonetheless it was very strange why all of these guys all around you know still pretty young 40s and you know, maybe I can't remember Durison. He might have been a little bit older, but these guys were all still fairly young. And Durison actually acknowledged in his suicide note that Dr. Amalu was right. Uh, 
and he offered his brain for a study to be analyzed. And, you know, it's interesting. Again, I don't know if this really happened or not, but in the movie with Will Smith about the concussion, he shuns Dr. Amalu at a in an NFL event and, you know, he and Dr. Amalu did catch, you know, a lot of flack for what he did. I mean, he was hounded by, you know, the NFL and the press and a lot of them. I don't know if that actually happened or not. Something to that effect must have if he wrote in a statement, you know, that the doctor was indeed right, that there was something going on. And like I said, he did leave behind his brain for study. And Dr. Amalu published his fun findings in 2005 in the Journal of Neurosurgery. And initially, the NFL, of course, panned his research. They denied it, and they even tried to have him discredited, you know. And sadly, we see a lot of that going now, um, a lot of controversy going on right now with Joe Rogan's podcast. Some of you, you know, may listen to his podcast. I don't know, right, wrong, or indifferent, whether you agree with him or don't. Personally, me, I'm a little fearful anytime they're trying to get anybody censored or deplatformed, regardless of their position. I think it's a dangerous thing to do in a free society like we have in the United States, and it's very harmful. And, you know, I'm just of the belief that dis- dissent and things like that are good for a healthy society. And uh, even before, I guess, there was probably even time for what is known as peer review for, you know, people in the medical industry to kind of review his findings and examine them and, you know, put them to the test, so to speak. He was just panned and and crucified before he ever got a chance to really be proven wrong. And they even attempted to have, you know, his work retracted, which, you know, was not successful, obviously. But the NFL continued to deny any links to concussions or any long-term neurological effects all the way until about December of 2009. So you're talking four, almost five years after he published his findings that they finally did come about and admit that, uh, okay, maybe there's something to that. And we see that a lot. You know, for years, the tobacco industry denied that smoking caused any harmful effects to lungs, heart, all those kind of things. Um, you know, we, we just see all kinds of industries that deny, you know, their products are harmful when, you know, a lot of times we know very well they are. And as we've talked about multiple times on this show in multiple cases, sometimes people put their products out there when they know they're harmful. You know, again, Ford Pinto Company and or Ford Pinto Scandal, a lot of these that we've talked about, people have, these companies have put these products out there knowing them to, to not be safe or in the case, you know, again, example, I gave a lot, the uh, Peanut Corporation of America, Stuart Parnell, knowingly sent out contaminated peanuts, you know, to make a quick buck. And uh, hundreds of people were made sick and nine people were actually killed, you know, by the negligence and greed from that. So, uh, you know, the bottom line is making a buck. And, you know, I think personally the NFL knew that, uh, you know, it was going to be tough to their bottom line it could hurt you know if they were seen as callously you know ignoring this and putting people out there still to be harmed you know just to make a buck and a profit that could have been seen as uh you know very poor on their behalf very bad pr so uh they were forced to finally admit that though and this is yeah you know a good uh actually probably they said around seven years after dr amalu made his discovery that they actually were forced to finally admit that he did have some merit to what he was talking about. 
And, uh, you know, who knows, had Dr. Amalu ever not come around, we might not see any difference in the way it's done now. Because, you know, if you've watched football any over the last, you know, few years, uh, there is a concussion protocol now. If somebody shows the signs, you know, they take a hit in the head, they go in the tent, they get reexamined, and if they're not able to clear protocol, as they say, they don't return to the game and they don't return, you know, to the field until they are cleared. And we have seen that with several of them, you know, over the years and, you know, some of them even missing some, you know, really important games because they can't clear the protocol. But that is how it's done now. And, you know, there have been measures and steps taken to avoid some of the things that have happened in the past. But you have to wonder, you know, is it too little too late? Certainly for, you know, all the decades and decades of players who have suffered, you know, these injuries and, and you know, it's going to be very difficult for them to, you know, recover anything. But I guess there is hope for the ones that are playing now that they don't have to, you know, go through what their, you know, previous uh, players did where at least now they're, they have some protocols to keep them safe. But who knows if that would have ever come about had Dr. Amalu not made his, uh, his findings. But it actually wasn't until about 2016 when Senior Vice President Jeff Miller testified before Congress that there is a link between football and the concussion damage. And later he would lead a similar findings, or he would find similar findings in the WWE, you know, the World Wrestling Entertainment uh, found out that it's not just football, not just boxing, but some of these guys uh, that have been involved in in wrestling, professional wrestling, even though, you know, let's face it, we all know it's not real, but they these guys do get take a lot of hits and bang, get banged up in the performance of what they do, and several of them have shown similar types of uh, damage from concussions and whatnot that uh, NFL players have, and It'll be interesting to see if any former WWE members and their families come out and sue the WWE. And, you know, who knows? But we've certainly seen very erratic cases of former WWE members. I can't remember. There was one down in, I think, Atlanta or somewhere down in that way some years ago that, uh, you know, just went off the deep end and killed his wife and kids and himself. And we've seen other erratic behavior from him, just like we have in some of these uh, ex-NFL players. And... Something to be said about it, you know, we, our brains are a really fragile thing and, you know, I think we as a society and, you know, probably even the medical industry for that matter are just really truly starting in the last few decades to really understand a lot of things about our brain and its activity. And Dr. Amalu was also able to, you know, link PTSD to these concussions And the question will loom again, you know, what did the NFL know and when did they know it, you know? But again, like I said just a little bit ago, unfortunately, we are not going to know that. And I would, uh, you know, bet a dollar to a hole in the donut, as they say, that they knew about it much, much longer than probably any of us, you know, can ever realize. Um, You know, these guys I mentioned certainly probably were not the first to have these kind of things happen, but... You know, now we live in an age, you know, with the internet and social media and things that, that like that, that we have access to information and stories and things we didn't in decades past. So things are going to be brought to light, you know, and who knows uh, if any of these things factored in helping Dr. Amalu out. I'm sure it didn't hurt, you know, because he certainly was up, you know, against uh, 
a giant here going up against the NFL, you know, when you're just a, you know, small-time Pittsburgh doctor and you're taking on the NFL, you know, pretty gutsy move on his part. And, uh, you know, he was able to pull it off, but who knows? Had this happened years before, he may not have been able to, but thankfully he did. And, uh, you know, again, there have been changes that are made. I mean, it doesn't mean that's going to, you know, protect anybody foolproof. I think, you know, a concussion's a concussion. And, a lot of these players, even with the protocols and whatnot that they take now, they're still probably going to suffer some type of damage and some type of uh, problems in years to come. And, you know, hopefully we don't see anything like we have with some of the crazy erratic behavior and, you know, the violence and the suicides and things like that. But, uh, you know, it is still a very violent and dangerous sport. And uh, these kind of things certainly still could happen. And yeah, the lawsuits did cost them money, um, probably over, you know, no telling how much, but they are over a billion dollar industry, the NFL is. Oddly, they are listed as a, quote, non-profit. I have no idea how in the world they have pulled that off, and I don't know how they ever got labeled as that, but they have, and yet they've managed to make, you know, it's a billion dollar industry, you know, I mean, football is the most popular sport in the United States. It's certainly, you know, as far as merchandising and things like that, it is especially. And, uh, you know, even though it's suffered, I think probably a, a little bit of a decline in, uh, viewership, you know, over the last, you know, few years, especially with some of these, uh, you know, national anthem protests and things like that. It's still a very, very popular sport. We got a Super Bowl coming up, you know, in just a little over a week, you know, Cincinnati Bengals versus LA Rams. And you'll see again, you know, Super Bowl still the biggest, most watched event each year, you know, and people from all over the world tune in and the commercials are, you know, made to uh, really dazzle and entertain. And it's, you know, people have gatherings and parties and it's still a huge part of what we do. It, you know, football is a big part of America and, Despite these economic setbacks, you know, it hasn't really hurt them or put them out of business. And, you know, like I've said that several times on this show, you know, that that's sometimes the only way you can get at these, you know, large corporations like that. Because to my knowledge, nobody's gone to jail over anything that was happened in this, even though, you know, if you dug deep enough, you could probably find some criminal activity regarding their cover up of these concussions. But it's not been brought to light. So civil action is the only recourse these ex-players or their families have, and that's what they've done. But I'm sure the NFL can more than afford it. You know, I mean, like I said, even with, you know, people tuning out a little bit over the years, it's still hugely popular and still draws more viewers than any other sport here in the United States. And I would say the kneeling and the protests and things like that have harmed their, their reputation far more than the cover-up of these concussions ever did. But who knows? But uh, we will see. I guess we've got, you know, one more week left in the football season here, and uh, we'll see what happens on the Super Bowl. And speaking of other things coming up, uh, we will have Greg Ulinchich and Sandra Ferguson back again next week to cover the Operation Greylord judicial scandal here in the land of Lincoln, my state of Illinois. So be sure and tune in for that. Uh, like us on Facebook. Um, you can follow us there. And you can also, if you want to donate money to help us keep this going, you can donate on our Anchor FM link. Please do that. And as I always say, if you want to do, uh, if you need some good voiceover service, I am available for that. You can check more out on that at ryan-horn.com. 
And as always, certainly encourage you to adopt from your local pet shelter, support your local pet shelter. Your new best friend is just waiting there for you. So stay safe out there. Like I said, a lot of dangerous cold winter weather here in Illinois, but hopefully it's nice and safe where you are and be safe and watch out for each other. Like I said, con artists are always out there, whether it's a huge corporation like the NFL or just a common uh, low-level white-collar criminal trying to make a buck on a fraudulent penny stock. You know, we don't know. They exist in all different types and classes, and they're all out there to take advantage of all of us. So be sure and keep an eye out for that. I thank you for tuning in. God bless. We will see you next time. Take care, everybody.